Hi, this is Lorraine Newman, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ladies and gentlemen, Betty White! You know, I'm not new to live TV. In 1952, I started out my first live sitcom, which was Life of Elizabeth. And of course, back then, we didn't want to do it live. We just didn't know how to tape things. <laughs> so I don't know what this show's excuse is. <laughs> you know, I have so many people to thank for being here, but I really have to thank Facebook. about the campaign to get me to host Saturday Night Live, I didn't know what Facebook was. <laughs> and now that I do know what it is, I have to say, it sounds like a huge waste of time. The next edition of TV Confidential will air next week on this station at the usual time. We hope you join us for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as we dedicate not only this week in TV history, but our entire program this week on TV Confidential to the life and career and legacy of Betty White. Betty White passed away December 31st at the age of 99. We've been hitting the high notes of Betty White's career. We should talk about the night she hosted Saturday Night Live in 2011, yes. I think, because in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, I think she got another 10 years out of that. It was their Mother's Day show. And uh, Tina Fey guest starred also, and so did Maya Rudolph and Amy Poehler. They all came back uh, for that. But she was in every sketch. I think she did everything except for Weekend Update. Uh, she was in every sketch. I mean... She embodied the mom or grandma that you wanted to have. And it was just so much fun. She was having so much fun. And they said, uh, I think Seth Meyers said that when... They had the rap party. She arrived, and it was like the only time in show history where somebody shows up to the rap party and gets a standing ovation. Yeah. And she was the last to leave. But, I mean, her monologue was great. There was such great, you know, this wonderful energy there. And also, her just ripping Facebook. <laughs> you know, Facebook was the thing that got her the gig, and yeah. then she rips it apart. Yeah. She said it in typical kind of dithery, I think it's kind of a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. No, but she was in. She, yeah, the opening sketch was a spoof of the Lawrence Welk show, and she's in that. Not all, you know, you don't always see the host uh, in the opening mm -hmm. sketch, right. let alone say live from New York at Saturday night. And yeah, she did uh, reoccurring, you know, characters that they created. Um, the Scared Straight program <laughs> was yeah, just uh, phenomenal. Uh, the, I think the best one was the census taker. That was just basically her and Tina Fey, just bantering, just old woman saying crazy things to the census taker. And then you see at the end, the payoff is, oh yeah, that she, the crazy stuff she sees, sees is real, uh, but just hysterically funny. I mean, but you know, you, you did not expect all, you expected her to be good. I don't think anybody expected her to be as great as she was as a host on that show. And I think I remember, that was one of their highest yeah. ranking shows ever. I think it's safe to say that she helped give Saturday night another giddy up for the next, yes. for the next few years, you know, gave it a booster. Yes, she did. <laughs> very much so. Very, very well, much. She, so. she did uh, appear on the, uh, was it the 40th anniversary show? I think so. Yeah. 
she did some sketches at the Californians. And again, you know, she enters the sketch and she takes over. And you can see that she is treated with reverence and respect. Yeah, they're smart. They were smart enough to get out of her way because yeah. they recognized who they were in the presence of. And she was somebody who did live television when, and she says it in her monologue, she did, she was doing live television when they didn't know how to record it. <laughs> I was doing live television before they knew how to record it. So it was, Not because we wanted to. Yeah. Nobody knew how to record it. That, that's the way television was. So, I mean, in many ways, you know, this was homecoming for her because she, you know, she was in now a medium that she dominated when this medium was brand new. Yeah. All that muscle memory came back. Yeah, her, her work on Saturday Night Live was... Just phenomenal, just uh, amazing. Yeah, so that that really did give her a boost. I mean, it was shortly. It was that. Was she already doing Hot and Cleveland? No, I think that? I think within a year of Saturday Night Live, she started doing Hot in Cleveland. And if I remember correctly, she was only supposed to be in the pilot. Exactly. Yes, kind of like Sue Ann. She was supposed to be in the pilot, and then everybody loved her, and they wanted to keep her. Yeah, and. and uh, Actors, you know, they thought, oh, this was going to be the three of us. Yeah, and I was going to say props to Valerie Bertinelli and, and Wendy, Malick, Wendy and Malick and Jane, Jane Leaves. But Valerie Bertinelli in particular, because as I recall, that show is originally supposed to be a star vehicle for her, but she yeah. had the grace and lack of ego to step aside and make it an, an ensemble, and that's, that's why the show really took off as the four of them. And there's a lovely little spot that Wendy Malick did both for CBS and uh, KPCC, one of the local NPR affiliates down here, where she talked about Wendy Malick, I think, just turned 60, or she's on the cusp of, of turning 60. And she talked about what a wonderful role model Betty White is and was for her as she enters the next 30 years of her life. So... <laughs> Yeah, her, her the first time that we see the character when the three women come into that house and, and one of them, do I smell pot? And it's like, <laughs> why are you asking? <laughs> are, you, are, are you a cop? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, it's just a great, uh, a great moment. I'm, I'm also thinking of, uh, wow, I remember, and I think it was just staying home because it was Easter vacation, but there was a week of passwords where she traded places with Alan Ludden. Yes. Yes. Do you remember I that? About there that. was one show. So she, yeah. she hosted, and he was the celebrity guest. Yeah. Uh, one of the extra features of the Pet Set DVD is there's a documentary on Betty White's career in game shows, and they have they have footage. It may have been that week, but it was like a she she was hosting the show, and it was like a tournament of champions week, and. There's a lot of extra, they don't call it exposition in game shows, but it's the equivalent of, exposi of, of exposition in that she's relaying a lot of information about how the format of the show is going to be a little bit different because we've got returning people and you blah, blah, blah. And it's a lot of jargon. And she's delivering it, and I'm, I'm sure she's delivering it for the first cold. But she's she, she seems so natural behind the yeah. host podium, like she's been doing it all of her life and it's just it's it's amazing steve you know steve beverly will talk about this later on the program 
Uh, she was originally supposed to host a Goodman Todman show in the fifties, and the and the network shot it down because women can't host a game show. No, of course well, not. Yeah, no, they're supposed to point at the prizes. Yeah, um, <laughs> and later they got you know graduate to turning tiles. There was also something else, you know, just you know how the memories just stop popping. Her on the Carol Burnett show when she, uh, you know, the family sketch, and she was introduced as Ellen as, uh, you know, Mama's other daughter and Eunice's sister. sister. And, you know, first of all, I think it's a challenge when you have a character that is spoken of and never seen, and then when you introduce that, when you finally get to see the character, you can't even say it's huge shoes to fill. Well, well, well because what is in every audience member's mind, yeah. what this character looks like is different, and then, okay, here she is. Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. All we know is that Ellen is Mama's favorite and Eunice hates her mm-hmm. because she's Mama's favorite. And she's perfect. And she's perfect and she can do no wrong. And so Betty White comes in and plays the perfect sister uh, who still has to be, you know, fit into the family dynamic. And so she had, you know, she had a little bit of the uh, dialect there, uh, but, you know, it was much more sophisticated. And then was able to take that character as a reoccurring on Mama's Family for the first season. So when uh, Mama's Family was on network, I think you saw more of Ellen than you saw of Eunice. I, because Carol Burnett appeared often. I forgot. Uh, I, I I forgot that she was part of the original cast of Mama's Family. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, and so was Rue McClanahan. Yeah. Originally. This this would have been this would have been a couple of years before Golden Girls, obviously. So. Yes. And then when uh, Golden Girls uh, happened, uh, Mama's Family was going to go into first-run syndication. And so we never saw Ellen, and uh, Ruma Clanahan's character was killed off. And that's probably when they brought in Beverly Archer. Beverly to... Archer was a, a neighbor, kind of a busybody. Yeah. Who, also somebody who just... Beverly Archer was very funny on that show. She played off... She... Right after that, jumped into Major Dad. Yeah. And uh, very different character there. Uh, yeah, but they had to. Yeah, they had to basically uh, retire uh, those two characters, Aunt Fran yeah. and uh, Ellen, uh, because they were committed to the Golden Girls. There, there were episodes where you had both Betty White and Carol Burnett guest starring on Mama's Family, and funny, funny episodes. Because you know, you saw that the show didn't have a, a long run on NBC, uh, but when you had all those guest stars on, those episodes were just a laugh riot. I mean, just over and over and over again. Uh, there was one uh, plot line that gets done over and over. Mama gets hurt, and each one of the characters is telling Vinton, Ken Berry's character, who's playing straight man in this episode, yeah. each one is telling their version of how Mama got hurt. <laughs> and then they re- and then you flash back to like the reenacting of that character's telling of the story. So you're seeing these three established characters but they are all acting as variations of their characters because, you know, you have like Eunice telling her version of the story. And, uh, and yeah, I think it was Eunice and Naomi and um, they're all telling the same version of the story, but they have to play the same scene out, but uh, different characterizations. Incredibly funny. Uh, she did that. But yeah, the first time she appeared as, as Ellen, it was hysterical. <laughs> And she has the last line, you know, just basically calling Eunice a jackass, which was like a <laughs> thing. Yeah, it was just like cleaning out Mama's attic. Right? I think that's the first time that we saw Ellen. The sisters wanted different things of Mama's before. 
as those things would happen. It was just a huge fight. Any final thoughts you'd like to share on the life and legacy of Betty White? Don, no, Donna's I, shaking I, her head. <laughs> she, will be, she will be missed. You know, she the, will be missed. There was uh, somebody, you know, it's, it's customary a lot of times, you know, when somebody dies that a cartoonist will do a, a cartoon of, often it's of the, of a character that that person plays entering the pearly gates, right? It's pretty commonplace. There were, was one and it was Betty White as herself with a bunch of animals and St. Peter is saying, what a legacy that somebody who dies at 99 and everybody feels that it was way too soon, which that is the ultimate thing. I think it's also uh, a little sad that she was the last of the Golden Girls to leave us and also the last uh, Mary Tyler Moore ensemble player. 2021 started uh, in January when we lost uh, Cloris Leachman and then Gavin McLeod and Ed Ed Asner. We lost four of them. And it's like uh, we could not leave the year without one more. And uh, so I think, you know, in many cases we're kind of saying goodbye to her, but also like all of MTM is gone and all of Golden Girls is gone now too. So we're kind of looking at it that way. And uh, the ultimate legacy, I guess, is every time we talk about her, we're smiling at the end of that, that uh, we're getting a good laugh, reminiscing favorite moments and stuff like that. I don't think you can have any better legacy than that. Childoftelevision.blogspot.com, also storysalon.com. You can enjoy the This Week in TV History podcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. Donna's four-part romantic novel series, Fall Again, you can, you can purchase in its entirety, fallagainseries.com. Tony and Donna, we'll see you both next time. Next, next time. time. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Joyce Bullison. You're listening to TV Confidential. Is there anything in the business that would frighten you if they said, hey, Betty, how about doing... Uh, well, yes, I would not want to be one of these in-the-field newscasters. That would just scare the daylights. I mean, where you pull up in a car and you go and talk to strangers, and I want to say, excuse me, I don't mean to bother you, but could you, when you don't, when you get a minute, could you tell me how the accident happened? That would scare me. That that surprises me because I expected you to say, I'll have a crack at anything. No, no, not at all. It's just, of course, if, if that's the only way I can stay in television, I'll try that. But I'd, I'd just as soon not, because that takes a, takes another kind of real expertise. That's really broadcasting. Audio courtesy, the Bobby Wygant Archive, bobbywygant.com, or the Bobby Wygant Archive channel on YouTube. Early in the program, Donna Allen mentioned the Betty White Challenge, the Betty White Challenge campaign put together by actors and others for animals asking for donations in any amount in honor of Betty White's 100th birthday. You can still take part in the Betty White Challenge by going to BettyWhiteChallenge.com as it's safe to say that Betty would have done anything possible to support this important cause. You can learn more about the Betty White Challenge by going to BettyWhiteChallenge.com, BettyWhiteChallenge.com. And as Betty herself would say, believe me, it is deeply appreciated. Our thanks to Jim Colucci, Jennifer Armstrong, Ray Richmond, Jeffrey Mark, Steve Beverly, and of course, Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Greg Erebar and Phil Grice for participating in our special tribute to Betty White this week. Ed Robertson, thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can 
email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.